0: Well, we're living here in knowledge. Guess what today is? It's Hump Day. Hump Day! Woo-hoo! <laughs> it's Hump Day. Hump Day! <laughs> uh oh. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> it's Hump Day! Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. How you doing? Happy Wednesday to everybody. The sun is out. Of course, the valley is out. It is... Wow, is it's hot. It is uh, well north of 100 degrees, and we are just waiting. Waiting, waiting, because six months out of the year, the weather here is fantastic. The other six months, not so much, and we're waiting here, hopefully, soon... Uh, the weather will break. We've probably still got, really, if we're honest with each other, we've probably still got another month of 100-plus degrees. But uh, that's the weather. Our toll-free number, 800 The website at allamericangold.com. And, man, do we got a lot to talk about. We got gold up, silver up. Uh, matter of fact, silver, 1425 uh, gold's up 7, 12.04. Uh, the Dow is mixed. Uh, news breaking that uh, we're trying to propose. A new round of conversations with the Chinese about trade. Uh, the other big factor, crude oil, Brent crude. Now, so there's two big types of oil, right? You've got Brent and NYMEX. And, and the difference between the two of them is pretty simple so Brent crude is what we'll call a lighter crude oil and what what lighter really just means is it's easier to refine so the type of oil that comes out of the ground it varies uh, by geographic area so here in the United States we're fortunate enough that uh, we get that lighter crude out of the ground pretty much. Pretty much all of our crude is that lighter type of crude. Uh, That crude is $71 a barrel today. Uh, By the way, it's up about $4 or $5 in just the last 24 hours, all having to do with crude inventory levels. Uh, I won't bore you with all the details, but here's what was interesting. The crude supplies were down 5 million barrels. But then what I'll call the the gasoline and the diesel fuel was up 6 million barrels. So I'm kind of looking, I'm like, okay, well, that's plus a million. I guess they don't look at it that way. So the big drawdown in crude uh, leading to this big, big rally here in the last 24 hours, the Brent crude, just so you know, that's the heavier crude. Uh, and I don't know heavier and lighter. Hey, I'm not an oil guy. I don't know what what classifies one as the other. But that tends to be uh, the crude oil that you'll get, like in the Middle East and, and things of that nature. Uh, that it broke eighty dollars to the barrel. Uh, let's hope this is just a again the result of creating too much money versus the, hey, we actually may have a supply issue, obviously the Iranian sanctions, which are supposed to go into effect next month. And already the Chinese and in, in, in India last week, I didn't even get to the Chinese and India, both said they're going to ignore the United States. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, of course, that is the two large, by far, Iran sells more oil to those two countries than any others. Uh, and they, it, and you know, the funny part is Syria's third, of course, but not Syria. I'm sorry, Turkey's third, and they've said they're not going to, uh, they're going to ignore the United States, uh, and then Iraq is fourth. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. But if somehow that comes into play, and they really do get these countries not to buy Iranian crude, very possible. We could see a hundred dollars a barrel again so let's hope uh that doesn't transpire but that is what is moving the markets uh the dollars down uh on the news that the united states proposing a new round of trade talks with the chinese and remember i don't know why it is and and, and it doesn't really matter because this is all games right we need to now believe just the Uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, the fact that we made a phone call to the Chinese about trade somehow weakens the dollar. And if we make a threat about tariffs, somehow that strengthens the dollar. Go figure, right? Again, games that they play to try to pretend that they're in control of a situation that they've obviously lost complete control of, Uh, But that is the rumor, that Washington, uh, the trade concerns are now starting to create movement within the United States. And I'll just give you the long and short of it. The first $50 billion, that was like free. What I mean by that, the steel and aluminum tariff that they put on and, and was mostly those types of products wasn't that big of a deal for the United States. This next $200 billion, a really big deal. Uh, And businesses are now telling Trump, hey, it was one thing when you were threatening. We were cool when you threatened to do it, but you can't actually do it. So we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think he would, uh, but maybe Wall Street will act much, much differently in the next set if that happens. And like I said, and I've been saying this all along. There's no reason for the Chinese to move. There isn't. Right? We've allowed for this to happen for over 20-some-odd years. Why would they all of a sudden, oh, okay, well, oh, you want to change it now? Okay, sure. Why not? Go ahead. Right? They're, They're the second largest economy in the world in dollar terms, but let's not mistake it. They're the largest economy in the world in terms of stuff, and guess what? They want to. They want to continue to be that. They actually want to take over, and they're going to, right? They've got way more people than we do. In the next five years or so, and it may not even be that long, they're going to be the largest economy in the world, period, no matter how you measure it. Picture Radio News Hour. Got a great show lined up for you. Don't touch that dot. 800 two. That is our toll free number. Uh, and it has become a very, very crazy gold and silver market in the last, say, six weeks. Uh, we've had all this product disappear. Uh, silver, uh, we call every single day. And, and just I think we're getting real close here in the next, uh, and I said by the end of the year, it may be a little sooner than that. Uh, it won't matter what the year is on Silver Eagles. Right now, we got into this, this thing where the older years, okay, the, what we call the backdate years, were less. That's starting to go away because well, now the backdates have gone away, uh, but there are no the stuff we did this year i i know at least once and i think it may have been twice i don't know once or twice i i we sold 20s at spot price right that was that was it that was kind of the 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 bottom and now all of the old gold that was out all those gone almost like overnight now we need uh, something we haven't done in years we call both both our major suppliers uh, we, you know we deal with the largest wholesaler in the world these guys have offices all over the world and really kind of like everything else the gold business has shrunk and what I mean is there's only a couple of big players left they gobbled up everybody so there's the the uh, the big boy is the big boy. And the, the ability to get product is getting harder and harder to do. And, and just, you know, when we see these things happen, it's usually a good indicator uh, of a major move coming. Uh, and, it, and, again, the people that have the money know before everybody else and buy it all up, and, and then you get stuck with a lack of supply. Here's what we've got. I guess the long way of telling you, here's what we've got. I have, so the last few days we were selling those Minn State 62s. The reason I had them is we've got, it's, it's one guy has been trading gold for silver. And it makes sense. It does. And you know I hate silver. I do. I hate it, but it's right now you need 84 and a half ounces of silver for one ounce of gold uh and remember i think we touched uh oh we got to 85 and change and, and this was like a week and a half ago and i told you I, I i did the best research i could there was only one other time that i found where it took more ounces of silver to get an ounce of gold. You had to go back to 1991, it hit 100 for a day. And then I told you exactly a year later, it was down to like 81 ounces, and then we never saw 80 again uh, until recently. He traded again. So now I, I had the 16, now I've got 16 more. So I'm not going to change the price. Gold's up 7 bucks. right this, actually $7 in change right now. We were selling them at $1,300. I've got 16 more of them at $1,300. I don't know if they're libs or saints. It doesn't matter. They're Mint state 62s. Uh, NGCs is what we got the last time. So we've got sixteen more of those at thirteen hundred dollars. You're going to buy mint state 62 twenty dollar gold pieces for ninety six dollars. actually ninety five dollars and eighty cents over spot. Silver wise, remember I've had those these quarter bags. Right, I've got these quarter bags of dimes. I got them in Phoenix, they're live. I've got them. You haven't taken advantage. Silver is now fourteen and a quarter, so silver's moved twenty five cents. I'm not changing the price on those, so those are at twenty eight hundred dollars. That's going to put your 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 cost at fifteen sixty six dollar forty one over spot now so the the deal's even better than it was when we first ran them i want to get them out of here get them gone take advantage of it the the trade wars the crude oil price all this stuff midterm elections rate hikes there's a lot of things going on very very favorable uh for both the gold and silver market uh something else too this was this was out of uh Um, Kitco this morning talking about who the new major player in the silver market is. We know the new major player in the gold market is China. right? We know that. Now they're saying China will now play a major role in the global silver markets for years to come. Both as the number one industrial user and as a silver miner, according to the Silver Institute. And a report titled Prospects for the Chinese Silver Market was released at the 17th China International Silver Conference in Shenzhen. That's by Chinese pronunciation of that city. Uh, the report was prepared by the London-based Precious Metals uh, consulting to group Metals Focus. The report called China by far the largest consumer of silver globally. Listen, China by far the, lo- the largest consumer of gold and silver globally. And really, probably if you did your research, you could throw palladium in there as well and quite possibly platinum. They said just China alone accounts for 18% of all global fabrication demand. So they're, they're up to the, you know, we'll round up a little, let's call it 20% of any type of fabrication in silver It's done in China. China, the third largest silver producer in the world, Right, they're the number one gold producer, third largest silver producer, as well as a key nation for prime, for processing primary raw materials from around the world. Right, we know this. Right, people send all of their scrap to China, and it really doesn't matter the metal. It doesn't even have to be metal. Metal, paper, cardboard. Right, that's where it goes. They said China's demand for silver, just in solar applications, was estimated to be 65 million ounces. More than 70% of global solar panel production takes place in China. They said local powder fabricators can only provide a portion of the power and the pace that is needed, meaning silver imports is needed and it's needed in huge quantities. Although policy changes will most likely see some modest volume declines this year. In other words, right there's a little change in in policy and rules that that probably led to this pullback in silver, right? People, and they do this a lot. We see this a lot. Remember in gold, we saw it when India, with their new import tax, right? They punish gold, and then all of a sudden, the very next year, gold goes flying. They said that they expect a significant increase in Chinese silver imports in 2019 and to continue, well, at least for the next decade they said significant areas of growth include touch panels right you know the touch screen stuff i guess that's all got silver in it everything we have here is like a touch screen light uh emitting diodes equipment used in uh, electric excuse me electricity generation chinese consumption for silver and electronic and electrical uses estimated at seventy eight million ounces i mean it's incredible sixty five million ounces in solar panels seventy eight million ounces in electrical type using uh... alloys brazing alloys and 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 things of that nature twenty four million ounces a wide range of end-use applications including railway infrastructure Increasing car sales, refrigeration, air conditioning will continue to fill the growth. Jewelry and silver demand uh, reaching 29 million ounces. And however, they said that they expect this one to increase greatly as well. Uh, They were part of the new, I guess, the new procedures. Uh, And they don't even mention. Any type of investment from the Chinese people, but I thought it was worth letting you know, China, the largest consumers of precious metals, gold, silver, and like I said, I'd probably if we did the research, maybe all of them, platinum, palladium, uh, and rhodium as well. But but at least in silver, uh, not even close. And and according to the the World Silver Council. Uh, china is now setting itself up to be the major player in that market it'll be interesting to see if they can wrest control away from the banks right we know jp morgan uh one of the largest uh what what i'll call gatekeepers of silver and making sure the price doesn't match what the demand is Uh, but nonetheless A lot of things happen. I know it's hard, right? We got these headlines and everyone's trying to convince you how great the economy is. That's usually the top, right? When you get to here and they're doing the the hardcore cheerleading, that's usually the top. Didn't you think about yesterday in the budget deficit numbers? This morning, the CBO came out. They had to admit that they were way, way off the mark. And here was something I didn't even realize, it, and I should have yesterday. According to the latest report from the Congressional Budget Office, they now anticipate 2018 the United States will breach the $1 trillion mark when it comes to the federal deficit. And remember, that's the small number. The actual number is probably close to $1.4, $1.5 trillion. They estimated the number, and this was a number that three months ago, their estimation for the debt for the year was only $804 billion. When you think about it, right now they're saying three months later, they're now saying a trillion? But this is how bad... The numbers really are, right? And and, and I guess we can listen, we can believe one of two things that they're just bad at doing math. Okay, now, again, this isn't even hard math, this is just like addition and subtraction. I mean, you really don't even have to use multiplication and division and you certainly don't have to use any type of geometry or calculus or anything like that you don't need a doctorate in mathematics to do this math so we either need to believe that they're completely horrible at math which I mean hey it's possible we all know people that can't do math right? It just, it drives you nuts. But they're out there and maybe all of them work for the Congressional Budget Office. It's possible. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Or they're just trying to deceive us. So when the real number comes out, it's like, oh, well, you know, we missed it. What does that tell you about all the other projections for where the debt's going to be? Paint the Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break.
1: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Late on a Friday afternoon in July, the deep state finally, partially complied with a court order to hand over its FISA application for wiretaps of a former advisor to the Trump campaign, Carter Page. The heavily redacted secret FISA application was for repeated wiretaps of Page's phone in an unsuccessful attempt to catch Trump in a misstep on a secretly recorded line. FISA stands for the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978, which authorizes secret proceedings to order wiretaps that would not ordinarily be allowed. This shadow system enabling investigators to obtain wiretaps from a secret court has grown ever since 1978 with no meaningful check or balance. The FISA application to wiretap the Trump advisor is filled with innuendo and false allegations that came directly from the Hillary Clinton campaign. Wiretaps of someone connected with a presidential campaign on such a flimsy basis bring new meaning to the term rubber stamp in describing how the FISA court grants whatever the deep state demands. Allies of John Brennan, James Clapper, and others protest that President Trump lacks the authority to revoke security clearances, but hardly any Supreme Court justice would rule against the presidential power to decide, in his own discretion, who should not have a security clearance. Phyllis Schlafly often criticized past Republican presidents who failed to clean house and replace the supporters of their defeated opponents. Phyllis extracted a promise from President Ronald Reagan that he would never appoint a deep stater from the Nixon-Fort era, Henry Kissinger, to anything of significance, and Reagan kept that promise. Tossing out the entrenched insiders who are so determined to defeat President Trump requires, at a minimum, taking away the special authority they unjustifiably continue to enjoy. John Brennan and James Clapper would still be able to pontificate all they like on television, but they should not be able to do so with the implied authority of an active security clearance. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At PhyllisSchlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to PhyllisSchlafly.com. That's PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
0: Welcome back, Patriot Radio the News Hour. Day. You know the the thing that really gets me is the system that we've put in place for our central bank makes absolutely no sense. It's it's a classic example of of how you have the you know what I'll call the wolf guarding the hen house, right? Classic example of that. Classic example of of what you end up with, with when you see a lot of these fraud cases, like, you know, bring up Bernie Madoff. Right? Same thing. Right? Bernie Madoff, he had his secretary and some the person in accounting, right? It was just a, this little triangle of people. And everybody else was kind of left in the dark and acted like they were what? They acted like they were a real business. And and people thought that they were. Of course, we realized later it was nothing more than a fraud. And this is exactly what the central bank is. It's a fraud. It's designed if you actually study money. Right? Think back For those of you that remember Ron Paul and Ben Bernanke, when Ron Paul asked Ben Bernanke, is gold money? Remember, there was that long pause. Because he knew that it was. But he had to think for a minute. Because he knew he had to say no. And he had to come up with a, a, a story behind his answer, which was gold was nothing more than a commodity. Right? That was the long and short of his answer. It is not money. Even though the Constitution to this day still says it is. Right? Still says it is. And what they want to do is they want to commit a fraud. Right? They use words like stable dollar they give the fed importance right they've made us believe that the federal reserve can somehow control employment yeah right because that's their mandate well we gave them the mandate that they want to have full employment right that's their goal and a stable dollar now apparently they got a new mandate right they got full employment They've got stable dollar, and now they've got 2% inflation to go with it. Of course, what I told you, they just make these things up. Now, why did they use the word stable dollar? Because they already knew that they were going to devalue it. That was their whole premise. You know, you think back to... When they originally got created, and, and their secret meetings, and, and, of course, all of them, uh, if you read their writings later in life, before they passed, all were like, you know, we would have been tried for treason for doing what they did. But they knew that first they wanted to get the gold out of your hands. And they wanted to replace it with Paper. And they pretended for a while that the currency was backed by gold, right? And so all the foreign governments out there were like, "Yeah, you know what, here's $35, we'll take the gold. Of course, then they closed the gold window. And it's not coincidence, well, you think it's accident that all of a sudden we went essentially 195 years and only had... 400 billion dollars of debt. That's it, and almost 250 billion of the 400 billion came from World War II, and all the and then the policies from Lyndon Johnson, and then the explosion happened. And I'm going to remind all of you, you know, the bad math. You know, we talk about the bad math from the CBO, the bad math they used on these tax cuts, and they're still trying to, to you know, massage it. Oh, it's not that bad. Well, you know, the business side paid for itself. No, it didn't. We're going to have a trillion-dollar deficit. Nothing paid for itself. But remember the math they like to use. Right? They like to go back to when Ronald Reagan did his great tax cut. Right? Part of the thing they don't talk about in the tax cut is what they did to Social Security Medicare. Let's not leave that part out. But they do. But you also have to remember the federal funds rate was near twenty percent. And they brought it down to six. And now they want to do a tax cut, and they're going to bring rates from zero. They want to get to three, right? It, 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 the math doesn't work. It's idiotic to actually think that it would. And they try to act like this is something that they have control over. But if you actually study money, this is what well, fiat money's supposed to go to zero. That's how it works you create debt and by debt right that means you're you're creating money through debt and you got the printing press and you print and you print and you print and then all of a sudden it starts out gradually at first and then it starts to get real real big right the printing doesn't ever stop right auction after auction after auction billions and billions and billions and billions and everyone, what, everyone what now, over 90 days, what do they announce? We got to increase the size of our auctions. 90 days later, we've got to increase the size of the auctions. 90 days after that, we have to increase the size of the auction. right? And, and of course uh, the the whole thing is is nothing more than a ponzi scheme and a scam and, and, and it's de- designed to impoverish. This is what it does. Did you see the report that came out today? I don't know if you saw it or not. They're so happy. The median income, they said, has finally gotten back to where it was before the Great Recession. Right, and they're patted, they're proud. Oh, yeah, high fives all around. Well, that's great. Until you put the inflation that you've created over the last 10 years in, we're nowhere close. This is the problem. Right? It's nowhere Close. Right? If they came back and they had set it down, this report had said, median income is now 50% higher than when the Great Recession happened, then I'd be like, okay, you guys are doing something. Page of the Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800 Mint State, $62. $20 gold pieces. 10 to $15, depending on whether they're libs or sitting, but less than the raw 20s, the plain James that we normally tell you. Remember, this is what we tell you to do. You want to buy... At the lowest end. And I know when you talk to other dealers, you go into a coin shop, they're gonna say, Oh my gosh, this is this is awful. This coin, it could have been polished or or it's all beat up or or this is something a jeweler would put into his jewelry. Like that's somehow a bad thing, right? And you don't want this. No. You want this overpriced stuff? Same amount of gold, but you want to pay more for it because somehow paying more is better. No, not. But I'll tell you, and I apologize for the static again. I, I thought we solved it. Uh, we're going to try to work on it again. Maybe they're just upset because I'm attacking them so hard. They're listening, and when I get a little, when I get a little t- clue too close to the truth, we get the static guys out there. Uh, But they talk about all of these things. So here's today. Guess what? Today, I'm going to help all of you out, all you people that believe that. I got graded coins, less than the cheapest 20 I could possibly have. MS62, $20 Libs in Saint, $1,300. It's like $95 over spot. Right? It's an incredible value. Junk silver, again, $2,800 for a quarter bag of junk. Incredible value, twenty eight hundred dollars. You're at a, like a dollar forty over spot for government hallmark silver. It's ridiculous. Listen, take advantage or don't. Right? If you if, if you're, I'll just say it right now. It's dumb not to do it. You're not going to get a better deal by waiting because here's what's happened. Right? All of the people with real money have come in and bought up this market. But this is how I do it. Should I raise my price today? Of course I should. Am I going to? No. Because really, what I want you to do is I want you not only to feel good about the great deal you got today, but then I want you to reorder. I want you to tell your friends, this is how we do business. There's not going to be a bait and switch here. When you call, we're not going to try to talk you into something else. But I'm going to give you three stories that highlight the issues with the lies that we've allowed and how we've set up the central bank. Remember now, they're telling you inflation's 2%. Right? Matter of fact, for 10 years, it's been less than 2%. Just got to 2%. Now, here's a story. This is out of Seattle. Okay, In Seattle, they're building a new international arrivals uh, section of their airport. Okay, so they're, they're having a, a whole section there, and I'm sure it's probably going to be loaded with flights from Hong Kong. The project, which is expected to open eight months later than officially planned. Okay, so that's not really, really, we think about government work, that's not too bad. Eight months later than originally planned, they say it's going to open. In August of 2020, the Port of Seattle Commissioner, when they put in what they expected the cost of this to be, it was 2013, okay, so now they've been, now this was before they started building it, and then they they got it approved, and then they they started building it, and then now the airport will be done in 2020. They said the original cost would be $300 million to build the new International Arrivals Facility. A review uh, by the independent panel appointed by the Port Authority Commissioners now say the cost is going to be $968 million. Again, we could either be really, really bad at math, right? We could keep going to that card. But here's what the review said why. I mean, you think about it, it's more than 300% more than what they said it was going to be. They said that they're not surprised at the new figure, given the supercharged construction cost. And an increase, they did say there was an increase in time, I guess eight months is substantial. (laughs) And the scope got a little bigger, but the supercharged construction cost. In other words, well, when we said in 2013 it cost this much, today that exact same amount of work now costs three times more. But there's no inflation. How about this report? And this one we've been following it all year. Used cars and truck prices in August. Okay? Jumped another 6.4% from a year ago. After jumping 5.1% in July, remember we did the same report in July. They now say that the index has now hit a new another all-time record high. Uh, and Both trucks and cars. Mannheim is the one that does it, by the way. They should know. They're the largest auction auto company in North America. They run about 8 million rental car lease turn-ins and repos through their auctions online every single year. So over 8 million million used vehicles run through this company every year, and they say that record high pricing for both, well, every type of car, pickup, car, truck, didn't matter. Then I'm going to give you what the former Treasury Secretary has to say about the American Dream in the final segment. Don't touch that dot. Final segment on this Wednesday, eight hundred nine I'm going to finish with the cars, and then I'm going to tell you what Hank Paulson had to say about owning a home in America. And don't worry, there's no inflation. According to Mannheim, the average age of a rental car, remember, they do all the rentals, okay, 8 million of them in the 80s the late 80s through the 90s the average rental car was pulled with 15 to 20,000 miles on them today the average rental car which by the way now the, again these are new all-time record highs you don't you're not getting this all-time record high rental Car price, right? That's the you know used car price with fifteen to twenty thousand miles on it. Uh uh. The average forty three thousand five hundred miles and an all time record high, right? So you got two more years of of mileage and you're still paying a record. How's that factor in to there's no inflation? Hank Paulson. He was the, the Treasury Secretary that engineered the bailout. I don't know if you remember. He went to Congress with a two-page request for <laughs> $700 billion. He was speaking at a conference by the Brookings Institute, talking about lessons of the financial crisis. That's all these people do. They don't actually work in the real world. All of the benefits are going to homeowners and not to renters and it's gone too far. He would not elaborate. I'm telling you what that means. And, and I know we're, we're talking about tax cuts and all this. Just remember where I told you debt's going to be. Okay? All these deductions, the mortgage deduction, all that stuff's going to go away. The American dream has changed over time, he said. He's worried about the trend of home ownership being more about investing than being about a place to live. Right. of course, remember, who gave all the investors loans? It was Hank Paulson. Right? He was in charge there in that time. And he said that the American dream used to be you could come to this country and based upon hard work, you can achieve great success. Which would, I would think include owning a home. But now Hank says suddenly, suddenly, all of a sudden, the American dream came became about home ownership. <laughs> just, just all of a sudden, that's what it became up to. Something needs to be done to change it. This was Hank Paulson talking at the Brookings Institute about home ownership in America. You think it's coincidence? Remember, I've been all over this. I told you, I I use myself as the average person. When me and my wife first got married, we had our 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 oldest son, and we bought the house way the heck out there in Anthem, Arizona. It's one hundred and thirty grand now 300 grand how's that person who's supposed to be me do it it's impossible listen you better call because it's coming and it's coming in a big way 800-951-0592 patreon radio news hour we'll be back tomorrow